Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know... These polls have been promoted all weekend long, haven't they? All weekend long. And they all show the president in dire shape. And I hope the Trump campaign views it that way, because I'm always a believer in at least acting like, but in fact, if necessary, running from behind. And that has a way of focusing things and people. But between us, these numbers are so ridiculous. Even Mara Eliasson pulled some points together here that I want to read to you. June 1983. June 1983. Mondale was at 49%. Ronald Reagan was at 39%. June 1991. George H.W. Bush was at 51%. Any Democrat was at 28% and don't know was at 21%. June 1995, Bob Dole was at 48%. Bill Clinton was at 44%. June 2001, any Republican was at 44%. Obama was at 39%. And yet these poll numbers, June 2019 way out from the election are being treated as news. They're not news. More pseudo-events. They're absolutely unreliable. Now, one of the obvious reasons they're unreliable is all the attacks by the news are in one direction against the President of the United States, Donald Trump. The media, for the most part, aren't attacking any of these Democrats, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Mayor Pete, on and on. In fact, the media are celebrating them. The media are promoting them. And so there hasn't been any real pushback yet. Not on the airwaves. And so this is intended to drive down the president's popularity for impeachment. This is also intended to dispirit you. It shouldn't dispirit you. It should turn you into aggressive activists. So in 83, 91, 95, and 2011, the polls were wrong. Now, it doesn't mean all polls are wrong. It doesn't mean the president's a shoo doesn't mean the president's going to win. It's going to take all of us doing everything we can in our lives and our roles to help him. He can't do it himself. But it's also going to involve a strategic campaign that's going to have to spend tens of millions of dollars, particularly given all the negativity with the news. 
And so now we're going to have these endless polls prior to the election, which are intended to create the impression that Trump cannot win. Fox poll, Biden 39 or 49, Trump 39. Now we have these so-called battleground states with this significant blue-collar population, and these will be bigger battles this time. Now why will they be bigger battles this time? Because the Democrats are aware that that they got whipped in these states and they didn't spend enough time or money there. And they had a horrible candidate. So whatever they did, they're going to try and, and alter it. So that always makes it more difficult. On the other hand, we don't even know who the nominee is yet. And all these proposals they're making really haven't been scrutinized, have they, Mr. Producer? They really haven't been scrutinized in terms of their effect on the population. I mean, I can think right off the top of my head. All of them have opposed serious, effective security on the border. The American people don't want 1.2 million people coming in here illegally every year, unvetted, overwhelming their schools, overwhelming their law enforcement, overwhelming their hospitals, with these third world diseases popping up now and these tent cities and all the rest of it. The American people aren't into that. So that hasn't even really been confronted in a significant way yet, politically, to counter the media and the Democrats. The Democrats in the House of Representatives, wasting time pushing their political agenda, they really haven't been confronted yet either in any significant political way. They will be. Nancy Pelosi is enormously unpopular throughout the country. Congress is despised throughout the country. The media are despised throughout the country. So the president hasn't even gotten rolling yet. Healthcare. Nothing can be worse than Medicare for all because it'll be explained that Medicare for all means the elimination of Medicare. Remember that? The third rail of politics, Medicare and Social Security, all of a sudden it's not? No, it still is. That doesn't mean there aren't effective reforms that ought to be put in place, but that's not what's being proposed. What's being proposed is the elimination of Medicare. All of you who've paid into it and are retired now, all of you who paid into it and aren't retired now, that money is gone. Under Medicare for all, illegal aliens will get the same kind of medical treatment as a senior who's 79 years old and has spent his or her entire life paying into the system. That's not going to go down well with the American people, Democrat, Republican, or in between. And then focus on the economy. What exactly is it the Democrats want to do with the economy? Finally, we're energy independent. They want to destroy that. With their Green New Deal, they want to destroy all modern amenities. What else? What else can, you, can it mean? I mean, these are three areas that are well-deserving of engagement. And really, the president only needs four or five areas to run on. And to me, when it comes to the substance of these issues, and then when it comes to campaign spending on television ads, on radio ads, and more importantly, on the grassroots... Then you've got an engagement. And these Democrats, they have records too. Barely, barely scratched. The surface has barely been scratched on their records. Barely been scratched. 
But it'll be more than scratched. They'll have open heart surgery, if you will. Mayor Pete. Nobody knows a damn thing about Mayor Pete other than he's married to another guy. Why? Because he keeps telling us. They keep kissing in front of us. Okay, great. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Mayor Pete. Cory Booker. A lousy record as the mayor of Newark. Lousy. Newark hasn't changed. It didn't change under Cory Booker. Kamala Harris, a hypocrite, a fraud. Says one thing when she's in a prosecutor, says another thing now. Joe Biden has flip-flopped so much, I need a neck brace just to, just to pay attention to his campaign. He's a very weak candidate. Very weak candidate. And, of course, Bernie Sanders, Bernie the Red. And that's what they ought to call him, Bernie the Red. Bernie the Red goes out there with his typical Marxist platitudes. His agenda has been stolen from the 1936 Chapter 10 Stalin slash Soviet Constitution. Now, so far, I've been the only one who's pointed that out, but others will follow. It's just a matter of time. And so these poll numbers mean nothing, and yet they push them and pull. Oh, wow, look at, oh, look, look at the, oh, look, look. The battle hasn't even been engaged yet. It's been a one-way battle with the Democrats in the House, with the Democrats in the media, constant pounding, 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 pounding. In fact, what's interesting is that the Democrats don't have a bigger lead than they presumably do with these polls. I'm quite serious. Now, just look at 1983, June. June 1983, Mondale 49%, Reagan 39%. One of the greatest landslides in electoral history was Reagan defeating Mondale in his re-election. And they have Mondale at 49 and Reagan at 39. Massive electoral college victory, massive popular vote victory. I mean, massive. Ronald Reagan won every state, not the District of Columbia, Every state but Minnesota, and he only lost Minnesota by a couple thousand votes. One thousand or so votes switched, and Reagan would have won all the states. Maybe George Washington's the only one to, uh, other one to do that. I haven't researched it, but not many. And they had him behind. They had Bob Dole ahead of Clinton in June 1995. Bob Dole got whipped. He ran a poor campaign. And look at 2011, June. Any Republican, 44%. Obama, 39%. Well, we got any Republican. His name was Romney. A disaster. And still a disaster, by the way. And so anything can change these numbers. Anything can change these numbers. And yet all weekend long, look at the polls. Look at the polls. Again, if you're an insider, you're working in the Trump campaign, you look at this stuff and you gotta, you got to be thinking about your message and think about where you're going to put your resources and all that. Exactly. But we, the public, we're looking at this stuff and it's intended for you, you and me. And then they say that the President of the United States has fired his pollsters because he didn't like their numbers. That's not why he fired his pollsters. Whomever they are, and I don't know who they are. My understanding, there were leaks. That's why he fired them. But again, I don't know. 
I don't know who the pollsters are, and I don't know why they were fired or who were fired, but I mean uh, who they are. Or, but it would appear to me that they were fired because of leaks. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. like this our buddies at right scoop the media has been reporting that support for impeachment has jumped in a new poll report for impeachment has jumped okay now let's look at the numbers as they did over at right scoop here's the dirty little secret they say explaining why far left progressive liberals are tearing their hair out in abject frustration at the establishment Democrats who are pumping the brakes on impeachment. Check out this headline that makes it sound like tons and tons of Americans support impeachment. Support for Trump's impeachment increases by 10 points, the Hill newspaper. But when you take a look at the numbers, which nobody does because everyone just reacts to the headlines, it's just 27% of Americans who support impeachment, 27%. That's it. From the Hill, support for impeachment hearings for President Trump has increased to more than one quarter of Americans, according to a new poll. The NBC News Wall Street Journal poll released Sunday found that 27% of Americans believe there is enough evidence, okay, impeachment hearings, to begin impeachment hearings for President Trump now, up 10 percentage points from last month. 27%? Do you think that means it'll help Democrats if they rush to impeach or hurt them? It'll kill them. Because it's only going to go downhill from there. That's why Pelosi doesn't want to push impeachment. And I've said over and over again, they're trying to push the president's popularity numbers down. They keep saying he's stuck in the 40s, stuck in the you know, I'm, I'm amazed that he's not in the 30s, given all the negative press that he gets. The endless negative press that he gets, where they're trying to create an impression, that is the media are, of your president. That is a false impression. You know, so bogus have they become. There was what you would call an outtake. 
when George Stephanopoulos interviewed the president, and he must have interviewed him for hours and hours and hours. I'm not sure why the president would agree to it. I mean, he is a Clinton hitman. And all they're going to do is cherry pick. And they're going to edit. You know, I was asked if I would do 60 Minutes. Not that 60 Minutes has offered anything. But whether I would do 60 Minutes with my book and an interview, of course I wouldn't. Except under one circumstance. No editing of my interview. No editing whatsoever. Whatever the segment is, 20 minutes, 17 minutes, 12 minutes, you do the interview, live the tape, no editing. But they're never going to agree to that. Because they exist to create a narrative. I just wrote my whole book on this. And they typically create the narrative for people like me. That is, people they reject and oppose and look down upon. And so the President of the United States, apparently Mulvaney's coughing in the background. Okay, he tells Mulvaney to step out. Which is right, because you don't want coughing during the course of an interview that's being taped. That's all he did. Do you know they played that? They played the outtake on television? And now they're playing it everywhere? Why would they do that? That's real Bush League. That's real amateur hour. That's real hit job stuff. That's why you don't sit down if you're conservative or a or a real Republican as opposed to a Romney, or if you're Trump in my view, for hour after hour after hour with an individual who's not a journalist, who's a pretend journalist, who's a provocateur, who's looking to make points, who's looking to be celebrated in his own PAC community, that is PAC mentality of fellow journalists. Doesn't serve any positive purpose in my view. So what did we get out of this interview from Stephanopoulos that went on and on and on and on? Cheap shots. That's all you got out of it. Cheap shots. Because that's what ABC News, after the after they were done on and, and, and big pieces of tape left on the cutting floor, if you will, that's what ABC News and the rest of the media wanted to focus on. And so we get endless coverage of something that never happened. That is, a foreign country giving the president of the United States opposition research. Endless twisting, spinning of what he said, absolutely dishonest. Where he said, I think I'd take it, and I think I'd also give it to the FBI. doesn't matter. It's like Charlottesville. They have their narrative, and they're going to push it. Impeachment? 27% one impeachment hearings? That means 73% don't. I'll be right back. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound 
to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Campus Reform is a great group. You've heard of them on this program. And Cabot Phillips is their reporter, and he's at the University of Virginia, right, Mr. Producer? Oh, Marymount, their uh, campus at Marymount, UVA. Anyway, he's interviewing these, these students. I want you to hear this, because this is what I'm talking about. There is a, an attitude or a belief system that's been created by the media, created by the Democrats with respect to Trump. But there's been very little pushback. I'm not talking about the president and tweeting. I'm talking about from a campaign uh, perspective, you know, where you really unleash against your opponent. That hasn't been done because the president doesn't have an opponent yet. So all these Democrat candidates are trashing them. These committee chairmen in the House are trashing them. The phony journalists in the media are trashing him. And there's no pushback other than the president or this show or some other shows and so forth, but not a concerted focused, campaign-funded pushback. So none of that's happened yet before any of these polls. So here's campus reform Cabot Phillips interviewing some college students. Take a listen. Who would you vote for in the presidential election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden? Uh, I would probably have to go with leadership, which is Joe Biden. Personally, I would go for Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Have a few quotes for you here. I want you to guess who said them between Donald Trump or Joe Biden, all right? Somewhat controversial quotes from the past. First quote, you cannot go to a 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. Who do you think said that? Trump. Uh, Trump. (laughs) That sounds like a Trump quote. That's a big yikes. But, uh... I might say Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Next up, this was to a largely African-American audience. Quote, if my opponent wins, they're going to put you all back in chains. Trump again. Wow. (laughs) I still think that's Donald Trump. Oh, definitely Trump. Uh, Trump. Donald Trump. Joe Biden. Next up, uh, this was about President Obama. He called him, quote, the first mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean. Uh, Trump. I'll go Trump again. Who do you think said that? Uh, I think Trump said that. Donald Trump. What if I told you that all of those are actually Joe Biden? All right, there it is. <laughs> is that surprising? Yeah, very. <laughs> that's crazy. Is that surprising? Yeah. Oh, snap. Oh, oh, that's bad. <laughs> is that surprising to you? Yeah. I mean, it's, they're all pretty racist, so it's not really good. Ah, well, that's surprising. That's really surprising. Why is that surprising? I've never heard any of those things before. So the fact that you told me that now I'm like, damn, is he really who he say he is? I don't think that's something I want to yeah. uh, really support. Would this potentially impact your vote? 
Of course. Why is that? Well, I mean, like, since I thought all that was Trump, like, I thought, like, that was going to be a slam dunk. But apparently, you know, I got to reconsider that. So I'll just look more in depth, really. See what I mean? Propaganda over time works. The big lie works. I can point back to, I believe it was, and I've talked about this, but let, let, me, let me remind you or underscore this point. I think it was August of last year, Mr. Producer, where I said there had been a poll that came out where 25% of African Americans, it may have been male African Americans, but I think it was African Americans generally, were supporting Trump, had a positive view of Trump. Remember that, Rich? And from that moment on, more than even before August of last year, they have been pounding him, pounding him, pounding him as a racist, as a white supremacist, as a nationalist, really intensely trying to to paint a picture of Trump as a racist because they lose 25% of the black vote to Trump. They can't win. They can't win. If just 25% of the black vote goes to Trump, they lose. That's why they keep pounding him as a racist, not because he is, but because they're diabolical with their propaganda. And I want to repeat something else I've told you. Because people come and go in a program, and I just want to repeat this because it's important, I, I, I feel. Donald Trump has hired and paid more minorities than all of his media critics combined. Than all of the Democrats in Congress who attack him combined. He has hired more African Americans, more Latinos, more Asian Americans, you name it, than his critics ever. More than Nadler, more than Schiff, more than Pelosi, more than CNN that I believe is a lawsuit, a discrimination lawsuit it's facing. More than the New York Times or the Washington Post, you name it. More than Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski. More than Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. More than Jake Tapper. Think about it. These are facts, not propaganda. Facts. And you just heard those interviews. It's amazing when you give people facts how their attitudes are affected by it. When you give them propaganda, it's also affected by it. That's why I wrote on freedom of the press. You call this a free press that pushes lies and narratives because they seek to defeat a certain opponent or elect somebody who who they, they agree with? Give you another example of this. We have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's on ABC's This Week. Why? Why? She barely won a Democrat primary and therefore won a big general election in a heavy Democrat district where uh, Mr. Call Screener's thinking of running. He's already running circles around her, by the way. 
But what does she contribute to the debate? She's a moron. She's a leftist. But they celebrate her. They promote her. Because they agree with her. That's why. And so she's on ABC's This Week. And the Democrat Party and the media are so hardcore left that they pretend that they have a problem with Nancy Pelosi. They don't have a problem with Nancy Pelosi. They don't have a problem with Nancy Pelosi at all. They're just using her as a springboard for a more radical agenda. And she's quite radical, Nancy Pelosi. We all know that. But here she is with John Carl on ABC, and she won't get any of the kinds of setup questions that Donald Trump got from Clintonoid with the hemorrhoid, George Stephanopoulos. Cut six, go. Pelosi, though, Speaker Pelosi has really held her line on this. Um, how is that flying with progressives? Impeachment. Well, you know, I think for me, this question has should not be about polls. It should not be about elections. Sure. Um, I think that that impeachment is now. Is, l- listen to her. Does she already sound like an idiot? I mean, go ahead. Serious, and this is about the presence and evidence that the president may have committed a crime. In this case, more than one. And so, I believe that that our decision on impeachment. President may have committed a crime. Well, that's actually better than Pelosi, who says the president has committed a crime. Very fascistic of her. But the president should be impeached because he may have committed a crime, despite the fact he was already investigated. Well, Mark, you can't prove that he didn't obstruct justice. Despite the fact there was no effort to indict him on obstruction of justice, to even raise the issue with the attorney general. He should be impeached for that? Is that what the standard is? No, it's not the standard for impeachment at all. But what are we dealing with? A constitutional illiterate, an economic illiterate. Go ahead. Based in our constitutional responsibilities and duties and not in elections or polling. That being said, with the increase in polls... I now, think you, see, you see, ladies and gentlemen, it should have nothing to do with polls. But that said, with the increase in polls... Now, I just told you about that increase in polls, right? 27%. It went from 17 to 27% who won impeachment hearings. After all these months of propaganda... On cable TV, on network TV, on satellite TV, on radio. All these months of propaganda in the New York Times and the Washington Post and the rest of them. Day in, day out, impeachment, impeachment, constitutional crisis, obstruction, obstruction, collusion, collusion. We want his taxes. We want his bank accounts. The emoluments, whatever they can throw at the wall. Months and months, years and years of this. They got 27%. But AOC, a.k.a. AACH, is a dead-ender. She doesn't care. She's in a very safe district. So she thinks. Right, Mr. Call Screener? But she thinks she's in a very safe district anyway. And she's willing to, uh, you know, she's a kamikaze uh, uh, Democrat. That's what she is. Go ahead. People are now recognizing uh, in 
in a much broader scale, the depth and the severity of the misconduct coming out of the White House and uh, a demand to protect our institutions and protect the rule of law in the United States. Seventy three percent of the American people say no. If 27 percent say yes. And she claims to be speaking for the people. I guess basic third grade math really is not her strong point. Let's see, 100 minus 27 leaves 73. Oops, I mean, and yet she speaks for the people. How is that so? When you're elected from one congressional district, how do you speak for the people, for the American people? It always amazes me. They say Trump didn't win the popular vote. Trump didn't win the popular vote. Well, Trump got more votes than AOC and Pelosi combined, didn't he? Now, she wants to look at uh, polls, but not really, but yes, but not sure, but kind of, but not really. And this is from the Washington Examiner, the great actual journalist, Paul Bedard. Poll. And this is today. AOC disliked, distrusted, unwanted in her own New York district. She's a star on the national political stage. But Democratic New York representative Aach is viewed skeptically back in her Queens and Bronx 14th Congressional District, according to a new door-to-door survey. It found that she has a low 21% favorability rating, that just 11% believe she has their best interests in mind, and that only 13% would vote to re-elect her. The survey of registered voters was conducted by the Political Action Committee, targeting her with a Federal Election Commission complaint, stop the AAC pack. A previous survey by the group found that residents were upset with the lawmakers' opposition to bringing an Amazon headquarters to the district, in part due to AAC's complaint, Amazon backed out of moving to her district. So she killed thousands of jobs, really good jobs, because that's what Marxists do. And I'm sure she was asked about that, On ABC's This Week, aren't you, Mr. Producer? Now, the Congresswoman and the Stop the AOC PAC have tussled for weeks, especially after the group's founder, Washington Attorney Dan Backer, filed an FEC complaint against her campaign. Backer said that he has a particularly strong dislike for AOC's leftist politics and wanted to test the district to see if she's vulnerable to a primary or general election challenge. The answer is yes, she is. The key findings, 42% are unfamiliar with her. 42%. 51% have an unfavorable view of her. 33% are ready to vote against her, and only 13% would vote for her. Now, if you look at the media, it's all the opposite. Right? Overwhelmingly favorable. They'd vote for her in two seconds. That's the disconnect. And they keep promoting her. Why? She's dumb as a doorknob. Oh, How can you say that? That's true. Besmirching doorknobs. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. 
Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free. At LevinforHillsdale.com, that's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, next hour, I want to touch on a uh, remarkable New York Times at it again story. And I want to thank our buddies at Newsbusters, MRC, Tim Graham, Brent Bozell. What a fabulous organization. I told you earlier about 60 Minutes. I haven't been invited on 60 Minutes. I don't want to leave the wrong impression. But, you know, there's a little foot dancing going on here. And my attitude is, okay, well, let's do it this way. Live to tape and no editing. Nah, we can't do that. That's trouble. That means trouble. Now, we've been number one on the New York Times bestseller list, ebook and hardcover combined an ebook separate from hardcover separate. Number one for three weeks in a row. It'll be up to you whether it's four weeks in a row, and we'll find out on Wednesday. But the New York Times reviews books. And I don't really care that they don't review my book because they'll just do a hatchet job, but that's okay. It's kind of weird that they haven't. Do you know, Mr. Producer, I've had eight New York Times bestsellers, six number ones in a row, I don't know that any conservative author has ever had six number one New York Times nonfiction hardcover books in a row. Can you think of one? I think I'm it. I think I'm it. And do you know they've never reviewed one of my books? I'm not lobbying for it. I'm just talking to you, my radio family. Now, they did a whole thing yesterday, apparently, on their book section, reviewing books on Sunday. And they picked out some never-Trumpers and called them conservatives. They picked out a couple of good conservatives and trashed them. But I want to tell you more when we return. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This poor kid at Harvard, uh, re- where they rescinded his admission because of past remarks, a couple years back when he was 16. Since then, he's a survivor from the Parkland mass shooting, and uh, he's fairly conservative. Um, and uh, his political enemies, 
lobbied Harvard in their missions office not to allow him to attend. So Harvard buckled. Kyle Kashov. I have a recommendation to Kyle. I don't speak for Hillsdale College, but if I were you, that's where I would try and get in. And that's where I would go. And I'd give you a strong recommendation. I mean, honestly, folks, he was 16. He's been through a lot. He apologized repeatedly. And now they pressure Harvard. What, what kind of school is Harvard? What, what a joke. Absolute joke. All right. Speaking of jokes, this whole genre, let's go back to the New York Times. Our buddy Tim Graham writing at Newsbusters, he says, something fascinating happened, he writes this afternoon, in the New York Times book review on Sunday, yesterday. They offered five separate reviews of books by conservatives, quote-unquote, even as they continued to ignore the number one nonfiction book at the top of their own bestsellers list, Unfreedom of the Press, by Mark Levin. It shouldn't be surprising since Levin devoted an entire chapter of Unfreedom to exposing the unsavory history of the times, especially how the Jewish-owned paper of record intentionally hid the news of the Holocaust in its back pages when it even talked about it, which was rare. That's quoting me. They did offer less than glowing reviews of Victor Davis Hanson and Ben Shapiro. Uh, They also brought on two gay authors to assess two never-Trump conservatives, so-called, Pete Weiner and George Will. Even then, they are shamed for being insufficient, that is, uh, insufficient attackers. Uh, Let's see, James Kerchick, a fellow at the Liberal Brookings Institution, currently writing a history of gay D.C., reviewed Weiner's tome, The Death of Politics, and could not identify anything extremist in the Obama LGBTQ mandates or the lawsuits against Catholic nuns that would explain the Christian support for Trump. And it goes on about George Will. Now, George Will and Pete Weiner are never Trumpers. If they had their way, Hillary Clinton would be president of the United States. So I'm not even going to waste my time on those two, quite frankly. I'm just not. Um... Victor Davis Hansen's book, I read it. I had him on the radio show twice. I had him on Life, Liberty, and Levin before then. Uh, and, of course, Ben Shapiro, we had him on my program. And uh, excellent book, Ben's book. But they're trashed, of course. Um, New York Times? Now, what if the New York Times reviewed my book? They'd have some hatchet man or hatchet woman or hatchet transgendering person do it, Right like National Pubic Radio and the Washington Compost. And what was the other one in the Britain? The Guardian? Just, just junk, barely literate hit pieces. But it is amazing, isn't it, that they can do something like this? I mean, not that anyone can force them to do otherwise. Isn't it amazing? I've written eight books over the last 15 years, eight books, cover a range of issues starting with Men in Black Rescuing Sprite Liberty and Tyranny and so forth not one review Liberty and Tyranny in the end sold about 1.5 million copies in all forms the most successful substantive conservative book in a generation eight New York Times bestsellers Six now, number one. Six, number one. Now, if I were a liberal doing this, 
right? I'd be celebrated all out. Oh, look at this. He should be up for a Pulitzer. That'll never happen. Again, these aren't complaints. I'm just explaining the hypocrisy and how the media work. And how the media work. Well, that's because you have a big radio show. There's a lot of people with big radio shows that don't have eight New York Times bestsellers and six number ones in a row. Could it be that people are interested in what I write? Could it be that people who are attacking us all the time might want to read them to come to true conclusions, unlike the phony reviews that have been done? Is there somebody else that has more than six number one New York Times bestseller books that have actually done their own research and writing? I honestly, I'm not, again, I can't think of any conservative. Can you, Mr. Producer? None. And to me, it's not good enough to write to yourself. In other words, you need to write a book or you should try and write a book that may interest an audience. That have an impact. You don't want to write for 500 years from now when you're long dead and gone and hope that the society then picks up your book. Wow, this guy was something else. How about trying to affect society today? Even though I feel certain books will certainly outlive me. But that's not why they're written. That's not why they're written. New York Times reviews books from the right. Skips number one bestseller by Mark Levin. Now, first of all, Pete Weiner to me, is not of the right. He's a Bush guy who spent about three minutes in the Reagan administration. Uh, I remember dueling in a few columns with him where he thought that George W. Bush was more conservative than Ronald Reagan. You get it? He's a Bush guy who was deputy to Karl Rove who hates Trump. And therefore, anybody who supports Trump must be really dumb because Pete's really smart, you know. And George Will is put off by Trump's personality. He just is, much like the left. George Will has been hawking his book on CNN and MSNBC. On CNN and MSNBC. He cannot come to grips with the fact that Trump became president of the United States. And so he cannot, in my humble opinion, do an honest assessment of his record. Just like Weiner, in my humble opinion, can't do an honest assessment of his record. The fact is, in so many areas, not all, but so many areas, Trump has been far more conservative than George W. Bush or George H.W. Bush, for that matter. Not every issue, but many, many issues, if not most issues, in my opinion. Anyway, there's your New York Times. Same thing over and over again. They can't control themselves, and so they're into censorship. Let's pretend Levin's book doesn't exist. And, and while we're at it, Acosta's book is, is, is going nowhere. And I'll tell you why. And I, and I say this not to be provocative, but to be helpful. He wrote it about himself. And he puts himself in the best light possible. Like he's Superman. You know, saving the country from a rogue president. So it's more the same that you don't like. It's not a serious take on the media or the press. There's really no serious history in the book. That's why I sent him a copy of my book. I thought, you know what? You really ought to understand the history of the business you're in. You might want to read at least one chapter. Nah, of course not. They're not particularly uh, interested in reading in the media. Cheap shots, yes. Cherry picking, yes. Reading, no. 
And so this is the kind of reporting you get, even on the book review section, Sunday section of the New York Times. I wonder what Chuck Todd thinks about that over there at NBC. Not really. I could care less. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. a fairly simple question on Fox on Sunday and he refuses to answer now I don't watch the Sunday shows because I don't like most of the programs to be honest with you but now and then there's an interesting clip although it's relatively rare so usually I'll use these clips and the people in them as foils and so we'll do that again Cut one, go. Sir, let me drill down on that, because here's what Maria Zvart, the executive director of the Democratic Socialists for America, told the New York Times last year. Our ultimate goal really is for working people to run our society and run our workplaces and our economies. And back in the 70s, you seem to agree. Here's a quote from you. I favor the public ownership of utilities, banks, and major industries. Senator, do you still well, believe that in the public ownership was, of major industries? Chris, and, if, was, and if not, oh, why? I live in the city that you're taught, where I am right now. We do have public ownership of our electric department, and they do a pretty good job. A lot of electric departments all over this country are publicly owned. Do I believe that workers should have more say and be sitting on the boards of large corporations? Yes, I do. Do I believe that we should break up uh, some of the major banks? Now, by the way, this is the typical trick of the Marxist. Just keep going back to your talking points. Make them as populist as possible. But do not get to the core of your ideology. Because Sanders knows what you know and I know, that the American people would reject the public ownership of major industries. But this is how sleazy leftists conduct themselves. And Bernie Sanders is a sleazy leftist. Go ahead. Street and support credit unions uh, and community banks? Yes, I do. So I think really one of the things that we have to look at is the fact that power 
in this country rests with just a handful of people. You got no, it six- doesn't. No, it doesn't. If power in this country rested with a handful of people, Hillary Clinton would have been president because the three wealthiest families in the country, Bezos, Gates, and what's that, Buffett, they all oppose Donald Trump. So Hillary would be president of the United States, not Donald Trump. But that's all right. Go ahead. Financial institutions that have assets equivalent to 54 percent of the GDP. Now, that's it. He says you've got six financial institutions that have assets equivalent to 54 percent of the GDP. What is wrong with that? What do financial institutions do, ladies and gentlemen? They loan money for capital investment, for R&D, for mortgages, for car loans. What is this hate with financial institutions and his numbers games? His numbers games. 54% of the GDP. You've got six financial institutions that have assets equivalent to 54% of the GDP. Really? And what percentage of the private economy is the federal government? He doesn't want to talk about it. It's over 100%. Over 100%. Or clo- I'm wrong. Almost 100%. Well, the economy makes a little over $18 trillion in all goods and services, and the on-budget f- financial fiscal debt is $22 trillion. So the debt is bigger than the gross domestic product. He doesn't mention that. He doesn't mention unfunded liabilities at over $250 trillion, which is mind-boggling, and he's not going to. So who cares if 54, if, if six, and I don't even know if this number is true, but I'm prepared to take it on. Go ahead. Institutions control the flow of trillions of dollars. When we talk about democracy, it means not just voting every two years. It's giving working people more of a say. Why don't you tell us which institutions they are so all of us can buy stock in them? You see, ladies and gentlemen, capitalism is the most democratic economic system that can ever exist. Because you can participate in it. You can participate in it. If you want to purchase some of Amazon, go ahead. If you want to purchase some of Microsoft, go ahead. If you want to purchase one of these, some stock in one of these six financial institutes, go ahead. That's where your pension money goes. That's what mutual funds are all about. The stock market, it's a public market. There's nothing more public than the stock market, the bond market. I don't even understand bonds. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. There they are, the bond market. You want to buy commodities? Buy commodities. And so that is not the same thing in a truly socialist society because the government controls these industries. You can't buy into them. You can't buy into them. Will people please pressure Bernie Sanders to debate me? Please, pretty please. Or let's put it this way, to have a discussion. To have a discussion. And let me tell you what these six financial institutions, whatever they are, don't have. 
the power to make laws, the power to fine you, the power to imprison you. The government has all those powers and the power to print money. Let me tell you how great these these ideas are, Bernie Sanders, so-called democratic socialism. We're the people. He stands for the people. Here's an opinion piece by Mary Vaught, June 15th over the weekend, Saturday, in USA Today. Somewhat surprisingly, President Donald Trump's recent state visit to the United Kingdom sparked controversy over health care. At a press conference, Trump stated that everything's on the table in negotiations regarding a post-Brexit trade agreement between the United States and the United Kingdom, including the country's National Health Service, NHS. British politicians immediately responded with outrage. Our NHS is not for sale, tweeted Labour opposition leader and anti-Semite bigot leader Jeremy Corbyn. But as the mother of a child with cystic fibrosis, I know something else that's not for sale in Britain. Life-saving drugs. For years, the NHS has denied British patients battling this life-threatening genetic disorder access to a drug. I'm going to try and pronounce it. Arc. Orkambi, O-R-K-A-M-B-I, created to treat the underlying cause of cystic fibrosis. The denials come not because the treatment doesn't work. The European Medicines Agency approved it in November 2015. And in the United States, where the drug is available, those suffering from this ailment have seen improvements in lung function and a decrease in dangerous lung infections. Instead, British National Institute for Health and Clinical Excellence, which goes by the Orwellian name of NICE, has denied patients access to this treatment on cost grounds alone. In the United States, private insurance and Medicare plans cover the drug generally, and some patients can work with outside assistance and grant programs to help cover out-of-pocket costs. The chief commercial officer for Vertex Pharmaceutical Company that makes it, Stuart Arbuckle, said that the NHS has asked for a 90% discount compared to what the German government pays. He noted accurately his belief that the NHS is undervaluing the benefits these medicines can have for people living with cystic fibrosis. Now, why do they do that? Because they don't want to spend the money. They don't want to spend the money. This is socialist health care. It kills people. It kills people. Does health care cost more in this country? I don't know. If you factor in taxes, I doubt it. But let's say it does. We have access to drugs that nobody else has access to at a price that nobody else has access to. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, 
Offer code LEVIN. He's driving the media mad. Mark Levin, call in with your outrage. 877-381-3811. Beep, beep, beep. The lobbying continues for people to come on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And they don't understand when you lobby me, I'm not interested. I pique people who are interested. Same with guests on this show. Same with guests on this show. I don't need to be lobbied. And uh, I'm not trying to be rude or anything like that. I'm just saying that uh, uh, some people seem to think that they have a right to be a guest. They have no right to be a guest. This show's about you, the audience. That's all it's about. It's not even about me. One day I'll be replaced because one day I'm going to retire. I'm not going uh, to be on radio the day before I die. I can tell you that right now. Same with TV. That's not going to happen. And somebody else will be here. And if they want to have 14 guests on their TV and radio shows, go ahead. I don't do things that way. It's too important, in my view. I have guests, important guests, but uh, the lobbying is, uh, it, it doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't, you know what, you're right. No, it doesn't work that way. Have you ever asked yourself, just how can I live a virtuous life? Our happiness and well-being depend on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, where Aristotle presents a guide for securing such a virtuous life. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the primary obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Now, this new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings with you, and it can help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. If you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. And you can learn how to lead a good life, just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. I'll bet your father, your grandfather, your husband, your son, whomever you gave unfreedom of the press to on Father's Day was very excited. Am I right? I think I'm right. Well, people are graduating now. As a matter of fact, people have graduated over the last several weeks in colleges and universities, including high school. Maybe you've given them gifts already. Maybe you haven't. Can you think of a better gift to give somebody who's just graduated from college or high school than on freedom of the press? Those who have been indoctrinated, it'll help deal with that. And those who are still on the straight and narrow, it'll help support their positions. So if there's a young person in your life, a child, grandchild, nephew, niece, cousin, what have you, a millennial. This is the perfect book now, particularly now that summer's here on freedom of the press. And others who are looking for something to read during the summer, again, I'm telling you, this is a very substantive book. 
important book, but it's also very entertaining. Again, read the five stars on Amazon.com. So I want to encourage you, this summer, let's keep it up. Let's get the word out. You're the pamphleteers. You're the Thomas Paines. Unfreedom of the Press. It's up on Amazon.com at 40% off. It's hanging in there because of you. It's been number one three weeks in a row on the New York Times bestseller list. We don't really care about the New York Times, but we do like to annoy them. But it's been the number one hottest nonfiction book in the country now for about a month. And again, that's because of all of you who've been reading it. The other thing people are telling me is when they see people with the book, they know that that person is a patriot. I hadn't heard that before, which is also very cool. Um, People are telling me the LAX airport, you can't find one copy of Unfreedom of the Press because they haven't stocked it. Now, that's pretty pathetic. I don't know if that's the busiest airport in the country, but it's certainly one of the busiest airports in the country. I mean, does politics really have to infiltrate everything? What if people want to read a book? That's why you have access to it in so many places, and it's so convenient to get a copy, and it's heavily discounted. Here's what's weird about this business, too. Once the book stops being a bestseller, it's no longer 40% off. It's like 30, 20, 19% off. So the time to get it is when it's hot. I know that seems unusual because of supply and demand. I can't explain it. I don't really understand the publishing business. I just write books. But if you want to know why, I'm going to guess that by now we've sold 275,000 copies in all formats, maybe 300,000. I'll know more by the end of Wednesday. Uh, if, you, if you want to wonder why, I think, uh, I think once you read it, you'll know. So unfreedom of the press it's never too late to have it. It's never too late to give it. It really isn't, because this is going to go on all the way to the election. All the way to the... Here's the other thing. Maybe you're watching people on TV or listening to radio, and you're hearing them talk a lot more about the press than they ever did. That's because of us. Remember, the whole goal here is to push a movement to really support freedom of the press and to expose the unfree press in this country. Freedom of the press... And we're going to see more and more freedom when it comes to the press as technology advances, as there's more and more competition, more alternatives, that the so-called news, which is laundered through the progressive mindset and pushed through certain media outlets, that we no longer need to pay as much attention to that. That is, that there'll be options. And in the interviews that I've done, there's been a lot of questions about what's the future ahead? Where are we going to go with this? We don't need a government plan to go anywhere. We don't need a 10-point plan. Freedom begets freedom. Freedom begets freedom. Tyranny begets tyranny. And so the unfree press is losing subscribers, losing viewers, losing readers still very dangerous because pushing propaganda and pseudo events as news undermines the whole concept of free speech and freedom of the press. But it creates alternatives. It creates competition as long as the government stays out of it. And we're seeing more and more of this. 
Why do you think the left wants neutrality, they call it, internet neutrality? Remember, they use words that have the opposite meaning. They want to control the internet. Why do you think these autocratic regimes like China and the rest want to control the internet? It's easy to control the papers. As a matter of fact, most of the papers and TV and so forth support them anyway. Like Russia TV. CNN's the equivalent of Russia TV. Pravda. And we know the problems with the New York Times and the Washington Post. This will open up a whole new world in front of you. And especially with young people. You heard that campus reform audio in the first hour. If you didn't, well, you have college students who are being given quotes that are Joe Biden quotes, and they're asking, without being told in advance, if they think Trump said it or Biden said it. And in every case but one, they said it was Trump. And these are racist-type statements. But it was Biden. That's the power and the diabolical nature of propaganda. The daily drumbeat, the daily drumbeat, on and on and on. The purpose of unfreedom of the press is to unravel this. It's to unravel it. And I want to tell the folks at the New York Times, if you do decide to do a book review, you need to answer for Chapter 6. You need to do a lot more than you've done in the past. Because the American people, thanks to this book, Chapter 6, and this radio show, they're on to you now. They know who you are. Thanks to Chapter 1, the American people who've read this book, those who have, are on to the whole media, progressive, social activism concept that's being pushed now. Thanks to Chapter 2, those of you who've read it, you know what the press was before even the Revolutionary War, that they're the ones, the printers, the pamphleteers and so forth, who pressed the case for revolution and representative government, small government, private property rights, unalienable rights. That doesn't happen today. Instead, you get Bernie Sanders, a constant guest, pushing the opposite. Unfreedom of the press. Through unfreedom of the press, you'll have a a compelling understanding of liberty, of individualism, of free speech, of freedom of the press, of American history, of how special this place is, as opposed to what you get from AOC who's constantly promoted, or Omar, or Talib who are constantly promoted, and so forth and so on. I mean, the, the, the response has been enormous. This isn't some slash dash, a slapdash job. I don't do that, ever. Every word in there is cited or mine. One or the other. It's not somebody else ghostwriting and doing the research. It's me and unfreedom of the press. So we have a long summer ahead of us. You're going to see these battles in the press. More the reason, now more than ever. If you're going to sit around the pool or go on vacation, go to the wherever you are, get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. May I suggest you get it before you go to the airport, given what's taking place in a lot of these uh, airports? It's very simple to get online. And it's a book that you'll read in a day or two. I don't think you'll put it down. 
think you'll read it in a day or two. Amazon.com and every major retail outlet that sells, but well, not every apparently, but most. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. guess we'll have to take the Dominican Republican off my, uh, Republic rather, off my vacation list. They seem to have a disease going on over there that is very deadly to Americans. Okay, I got the message. I'm not going. Have you ever, uh, oh, you've heard me talk about getting the perfect night's sleep by customizing the level of support to fit your particular body types and comfort, right? Well, you spend even more time in your office chair than you do in your bed. Do you realize that? So you uh, get that same level of customized support from your office chair. So why not get it? When it comes to supporting perfect posture and providing ideal back support, no office chair compares to the X chair. The secret is the X chair's dynamic variable lumbar support or DVL. This patented feature is what sets the X chair apart from every other office chair in the world ideal posture and support equals comfort and when you're comfortable the hours spent in the office fly by i've been sitting in my x chair all day it's a beautiful chair i have a leather one uh it's sort of a rustic color uh the uh the arms and the back and the lumbar and all they're all adjusted to exactly what i need and i have to confess it is more comfortable than my bed It really is, because I have a particular issue with my L5, not to get too much in the weeds, that that goes all the way down the leg into the left foot, Mr. Producer. Have you ever had that? No, what the hell are you talking about? Anyway, uh, you do have back pain, right? And you have your X chair, too. Doesn't it feel great? We really do love it. I'm not kidding. And uh, you can feel the DVL difference for yourself. Try an X-Chair for 30 days completely risk-free. 30 days completely risk-free, so no risk. And X-Chair is on sale right now for $100 off. Just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com right now. And you can also call them at 1-844-4X-Chair, 1-844-4X-Chair. You can actually finance your purchase if you want for as little as $30 a month. Go to xchairlevin.com now, use code XWheels, and you'll receive a free set of the new X Wheels with your chair. They're very sleek looking. 
So that's xchairlevin, L-E-V-I-N dot com. And X Wheels, that could be your code. Or give them a call at one eight four 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 x chair Whatever you do, get your X-Chair. You're going to feel the difference right away once you set it up, which takes about three minutes maybe as you adjust different parts of it for yourself. I wanted to finish up with this poor lady and her child. It's a beautiful child. You can see the photo who has cystic fibrosis. And in the National Health System of Britain, where everybody's equal and everybody has the same access and you don't have to pay because you've already paid through the nose with confiscatory tax rates and you take profit motive out. And you got the government controlling everything. The government controlling the doctors and the nurses and the janitors. And the government controlling the facility and the administration. It's spectacular. Everybody has free health care. No, it's not. It stinks. Bernie Sanders, all he can run is his mouth. Hey, I like that as a campaign line, don't you, Mr. Producer? Bernie Sanders, the only thing he's ever run is his mouth. She said, I had a good job in insurance, but high health care costs still drove me to bankruptcy. Last month, in a report on single-payer health care, the Congressional Budget Office described some of the many problems that Britain's health system faces. It noted that a slowdown in NHS budget increases this decade has created severe financial strains on the health care system. Provider payment rates have been reduced. Many providers have incurred financial deficits. This is even with government health care, and massive taxes. And wait times for receiving care have increased. And British patients who have the same condition, she writes, as my daughter, cystic fibrosis, cannot receive access to treatments that could save or extend their lives. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the bottom line. That is the bottom line. Socialism is inhumane because it's unnatural. Single-payer supporters who want to bring the NHS model to our country should talk to some of the thousands of patients denied access through NHS to this miracle drug. Better yet, they should talk to their parents and loved ones. But they don't at CNN. But they don't at MSNBC. But they don't at the New York Times and the Washington Post. Because it would undermine the narrative. As a parent of such a child myself, I constantly give thanks for the range of treatments available to my daughter here in the United States. In her case, she will soon start taking a newer drug manufactured by the same company that produces Archimimbi. That newer drug, Simdeco, is similarly not currently covered by NHS. When the time comes, our insurance will cover the cost and we will be responsible for a monthly copay with the option like other CF families, to work with patient assistance programs. And this is the other thing. Bernie Sanders goes off on this government-run health care. These pharmaceutical companies have assistance programs. If you can show them that these drugs are unaffordable or if they're, they're just so expensive that they will alter your, your, your lifestyle in a significant way. She says, I couldn't imagine the torture that some parents endure knowing that a government bureaucrat stands in the way of their children receiving life-saving treatments. Britain can have its NHS all it likes. As for my family and me, we will celebrate the innovation that America's healthcare system has created to keep my daughter as healthy as possible. Medicare for all 
is Medicare for none. All private plans are destroyed. Oh, and Medicare is too. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. You know... And I don't like doing this, but I have to do it. I want to read something to you that was at National Review Online by Marco Rubio. Now, years ago, although it doesn't seem that long ago, when Marco Rubio was at 5% in the Republican primary, having been, I believe, Speaker of the, of the House and the State Legislature in Florida, we brought him on the program and I endorsed him. I wasn't the only one, but I got others to endorse him, too. And he skyrocketed from there, quite frankly. And he was brandishing his conservative credentials, which there were many. But now we don't talk. Not because of me, because of him. Uh, I also had him on Levin TV several years ago. Look, I call him as I see him. It's not personal with me. It's not personal with me. But I want to read something to you that troubles me. And I don't care how many Republicans and conservatives endorse this. You know, when I wrote my book, Plunder and Deceit, I took a very, very hard look at the, the financial and economic condition of this country, thanks to our central government. It's a disaster waiting to, to blow up in our faces or more accurately, the faces of our children and grandchildren. So here's what he writes at National Review Online. The most important role that God has gifted me in life is that of being a father. Nothing can prepare you for the sheer rush of love and joy that comes with the privilege of being a parent. There's no question about that. There's also nothing that prepares new parents for the sudden and extreme change in schedules and finances. That comes with starting a family. Now I'm stopping right there. There is also nothing that prepares new parents for the sudden and extreme change in schedules and finances that comes with starting a family. Okay, got that. And for far too many new parents across our nation, the sad reality is they are forced to take on new debt or fall onto welfare programs just to pay for their basic living costs after having a child. So for far too many parents, having a child forces you into welfare. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Now, of course you take on new debt. I did. Did you, Mr. Producer? But you knew that. How about you, Mr. Call Screener? You take on new debt, right? You take care of your kids, right? That's your number one priority, correct? So other things you have to give up. Some things you just can't do. 
because you would fall on a sword for your child, wouldn't you? You'd take a bullet for your child, wouldn't you? So you can trim your spending, you can change your vacation habits, maybe even change your career, whatever it takes. You made the decision to bring another human being into this world. And now it's your responsibility to take care of that human being. I don't believe this is stressed enough. All of a sudden, the government needs to get involved. The government needs to subsidize you. But let's see how that's reworked and reframed. New mothers feel pressure to return to work too soon after giving birth. And new fathers are often unable to take time off to spend those critical first few weeks with their child. Tell me, is this the first generation to have children? Of course not. It's a stupid question for a reason. Yeah, I I, I think about it. We just celebrated the anniversary of our heroes at D-Day. We celebrated their greatness. I wonder, if I read this paragraph to them, what would they be thinking, Mr. Producer? I, 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 just, I am just shocked at how weak some of us have become and how weak these politicians think we've become. Having a child is a blessing. It's not going off to war. It's not having an expensive disease. Your life does change dramatically. And in a very positive way. They're the focus of all that you do. And so maybe you'll change your career goals. And maybe you'll change your budget. And maybe you'll go into some debt. Maybe those things will happen. It makes us all better and stronger. And accountable and responsible. So I'm thinking now what does Mr. Rubio have up his sleeve here? You cannot have a strong country, he writes, without strong communities. Well, we all know. Hillary said it takes a village. And it's impossible to have strong communities without strong families. Okay. Our current economic policies have left young, working families behind, even as our marriage and childbirth rates are falling. How have our economic policies left young, working families behind? To address the problems facing families in the 21st century, I don't know what that means. What about families in the 20th century, in the 19th century, the 18th century? Look, folks, I'm not trying to be a cavalier about this, but this generation has it better than any generation in the history of mankind. That doesn't mean... Things don't become difficult or aren't difficult or we don't have challenges and obstacles in the road. That's life. And sometimes it even seems unbearable with deaths in the family and so forth. But you need to overcome these things as your parents did, your grandparents did, and everybody before them. The government doesn't have any money. The government's in debt, in hock, up to your eyeballs. And so you're going to create a new so-called middle-class entitlement when they won't even reform the other entitlements? They claim to want to help children. It's the children who are going to be burdened with these debts. Let's go on. That is why I, along with Senator Mitt Romney, 
Oh. And Representatives Ann Wagner and Dan Crenshaw introduced the New Parents Act. The New Parents Act. Which would provide a voluntary option for paid family leave. The bill would ensure an economic safety net that new parents could take advantage of by allowing them to pull forward from their future Social Security benefits. No new taxes, no new mandates, no new regulations, completely optional. I have some questions. Let me just stop there. You're going to pull forward your future Social Security benefits? Is Mr. Rubio, Ms. Wagner, Mr. Crenshaw, Mr. Romney familiar with Social Security? Are they familiar with what the trustees keep saying about Social Security? That it's going broke? What, in eight years, I think it is? Something to that effect? We've talked about this? You're going to pull forward your Social Security benefits, which means you're going to put even further pressure on a system that doesn't have any money left? This is part of the problem with so-called entitlements. You put money into it and the politicians change it. They change it. Not for the better, not to make it more fiscally sound, but so more people can benefit from the same pool of funds. Here we had a limited program aimed at a limited number of people for a limited amount of time, if you will, a pension. So they could get through, you know, their uh, senior citizen status. Now the the federal government has ripped it off. It's taken the money out of the system. It's been replaced with IOUs. The program has been expanded to include God knows what. And now we have an idea coming from Republicans. The New Parents Act provide a voluntary option. For paid family leave, the bill would ensure an economic safety net that new parents could take advantage of by allowing them to pull forward from their future Social Security benefits. There are no future Social Security benefits for young parents. That's the problem. That's the problem. But he goes on. But but what really sets my bill apart is that it gives new parents much-needed flexibility and how they choose to use their paid leave. So in other words, all of a sudden, it's found money. Let's say these young parents, Mr. Rubio, are 18 years old. How much money have they put into Social Security? Well, they'll get to pull forward whatever money they've put in. Well, that's next to nothing. Let's take another example. Let's say the parents are 27 years old. How much money can they pull forward? Very little. They've put in next to nothing. So what are you going to do? Estimate what they would put in and so they can pull money out of Social Security before the money's actually there, even though there's no money there to begin with? What, what kind of pl- program is this? We're going to make families stronger. No, you're not. You're going to bankrupt the country faster. And our kids and grandkids are going to face the consequences. Moreover, having children, that's not supposed to be a burden. You have some responsibility as a, as a father and a wife and a, a mother. It's not, it's not the burden of other taxpayers, of other people who are paying payroll deductions. It's a burden that you need to manage, and they're your priority. 
I mean, it's not like we don't have enough programs. We have food stamps. We have health care for children. We've got, uh, it just goes on and on and on. He says it would be available to working and stay-at-home moms and dads alike, allowing them to create a paid leave plan that works best for them. Most important, at a time when just over 1 in 10 workers receives paid family leave from their employers, my bill gives millions of new parents the ability to take paid leave that otherwise would never have. So it's found money all of a sudden. He even says millions of new parents would have access to this money. Where's this money? Unless you join in with the BS accounting system in Washington, D.C., He says, nothing is more critical for future health and long-term prosperity of our nation than investing in families. Now he sounds like a leftist. You're not investing in families. Who wants the government to invest in families? Because when the government invests in families, the government controls families. Families are the pillars of our communities and our nation, often Fathers are left out of the conversation when we talk about the modern American family. Really? Which fathers? I'm a father. I'm not left out of the equation. I'm not left out of the conversation. I'm an active, hands-on father. Always have been. Traditionally, mothers are viewed as the primary caregiver. For some families, it's still that way today. Recently, fathers have begun to be included in discussions about paid family leave. What wor- Mr. Producer, what world is he living in? Mr. Colescreener, what world is he living in? As a father of four, I know the importance of having flexibility in those first few months. I would take on the late night feedings when our children were... No- you know what? This is actually becoming ridiculous. Yes, Senator, and I would drive around my son, who was colicky, for an hour at a time to get him to fall asleep so my wife could sleep. And I don't know, I did all this without paid family leave. I would help make their lunches the night before when they went to school. I would help take them to the doctor. I would do all those things, and it never even occurred to me that I needed anybody to pay me or subsidize me. This is just another attack on the psyche of the nation, on personal responsibility, and I'm sure Marco Rubio will point to one-tenth of one percent statistical examples and how hard it is for people to make ends meet in the greatest country on the face of the earth. I've had enough of the crying on the shoulder or creating the shoulder to cry on. Enough with a million ideas on how to destroy our economy and our national attitude and then pretend that you're for families. You want to protect families? Secure the border. You want to protect families? Cut the bloated federal budget. You want to protect families? Competition in our schools. There's a lot of way to protect families that doesn't involve 
another government spending program. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Daniel, Newburn, North Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Doing well, Mark. Thanks. Uh, just wanted to say, um, you know, being part of a dual military family, time's short. So whenever I buy your books, I also get the audio version just in case I don't have time to sit down and read it. Right. Thank and you. on Friday, I had the opportunity to be driving up to uh, uh, Washington, D.C. from Newburn, North Carolina, to meet up with my wife, who's been up there with her unit. Uh, she's in the Maryland National Guard. And uh, I was listening to your book with my kids, and we were talking about it along the way. And it just so happens that when we got up there to D.C., my wife really wanted to take our kids to the Holocaust Museum because they're old enough now to really kind of appreciate it, even though we've been there before. Um, and there was a new exhibit there, and it was all about – you know, what did America know and when did they know it and how did they respond? And it just struck me as I was going through this exhibit and listening to what the guide was talking to us about. Um, just how, how much was there about the New York Times? New. And, you know, part of the exhibit was, you know, different polls that they had taken and different questions that they asked the American public and plastered all over the walls. We're, you know, uh, we're going to run out of time, Daniel. What did they say about the New York Times coverage? Uh, the New York Times coverage was pathetic, and it really was apparent because, you know, on the walls were different headlines from different newspapers, and you know, all the newspapers were talking about, you know, Nazi atrocities towards the Jews, and you know, different things that were happening. But the New York Times headlines were, Nazis are burning books which is a bad thing, but comparatively speaking, are you kidding me? And when they did these headlines on the New York Times, which you say were minimal to begin with, did they say what pages those headlines were on? Uh, they didn't, but you could tell that they weren't like front page headlines. Exactly. Because they would be like, you know, down towards the bottom of the page and just, you know, not in bold or anything like no, that. No, the New York Times conduct then was a disgrace. It was diabolical. And their conduct now in trying to remove a president of the United States is absolutely outrageous, too. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. The cost of freedom is high, but this phone call is not. Call Mark Levin toll-free at 877-381-3811. The folks at Boland Branch are feeling really flattered right now, ever since their family business became the industry leader with the world's most comfortable sheets. They've seen a lot of imitators making similar promises and even repeating words from their ads. Boy, don't I know that feeling. But no one can duplicate the quality of Boland Branch cotton, that starts out soft and gets softer and softer over time. These are $1,000 sheets for a couple of hundred bucks, and the only sheets loved by hundreds of thousands of Americans like me and three U.S. presidents. That's why 97% of customers surveyed said they sleep better on Boland Branch. But you won't find them in a big box store because they're not there. Starting this summer, you get 100 nights to try them. 100 nights. By my calculation, that's more than three months. 
Shipping is always free. And right now, you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets at BowlandBranch.com with promo code MARK. Spelled B-O-L-L and Branch.com, promo code MARK, for $50 off. One more time, that's BowlandBranch.com, promo code MARK. Look at this. The London murder rate overtakes New York, says Reuters, as knife crimes rise. You know, this story is like a year and a half old. It's like a year and a half old. And you know what's interesting, Mr. Producer? It's never had any resonance. Never had any resonance on how ridiculous the reaction is on the left. And the candidates on the left, some of whom are talking about actual gun confiscation. It's incredible to me what the left argues and how the left pushes certain issues. Here's another one. The Washington Times, Saturday. Trump hotel liquor license at risk over good character requirement. Again, this will show that the left will go as low as they need to. President Trump's hotel in Washington, which is a tremendous hotel if anybody wants to stay there. We've been there a couple of times. Risks losing its liquor license after local alcohol regulators set the stage this week to consider whether he satisfies their good character requirement. So in other words, Trump, his family, his businesses are all being targeted by the left using government power to try and destroy him and his family and his businesses. Whether it's Washington, D.C. or New York, whether it's the clowns, the Democrats in the House of Representatives, whether it's morons like Mitt Romney, doesn't much matter, or these phony judges appointed by Obama. Washington's Alcoholic Beverage Control Board ruled Wednesday against dismissing a complaint lodged against the Trump International Hotel And they lodged it in accordance with D.C. official code, section whatever, which is a requirement to qualify for a renewal of the license. They wrote, representatives for the hotel argued that the petition should be pitched, but the regulators ruled otherwise and refused to reject the complaints. They drive up costs to harass a business, a hotel. It's just such a, it's so pathetic, it's so disgraceful. In order to renew a retailer's Class C.H. license, The applicant is obligated to demonstrate to the satisfaction of the board that the ownership is of good character and generally fit for the responsibilities of licensure, said their order. So they're saying the president is not. That's what they're saying. And representatives for the hotel had argued that the group's complaint should be rejected because it lacks signatures and addresses, that they should be rejected because it's political BS. But then so is this board, apparently. We're excited that we're closer to a hearing on the merits, said Joshua Levy, a lawyer involved in the challenge. Good job there, pal. You slip and fall. No, no, for good. Whatever. The ruling is a victory for the rule of law, says Levy. This is what the left does. They abuse the rule of law. They they criminalize politics. Then they wave around their statutes in the Constitution. Absolutely sickening sickening here we have Hillary Clinton speaking of 
Fox News, State Department identifies 23 violations, multiple security incidents concerning Clinton emails. You know, folks, how she got away with this is truly incredible. Clear violations of the Espionage Act. Clear violations, gross negligence, not once, but multiple, multiple times. And but for Obama controlling the top levels of the FBI, I'm telling you the truth. They talk about committed crimes, committed crimes. How come Pelosi never talks about Hillary Clinton? That's why. Hillary Clinton would be doing time in Leavenworth. Where she wears the same clothes anyway, doesn't she, Mr. Producer? It would be the same kind of clothing. She looks like she wears prison garb, may I say. So the State Department has revealed today that it has identified multiple security incidents involving current or former employees handling of Hillary Clinton's emails and that 23 violations and seven infractions have been issued as part of the department's ongoing investigation. The information came in a letter to Chuck Grassley. To this point, the department has assessed culpability to 15 individuals, some of whom were culpable in multiple security incidents. Mary Elizabeth Taylor, the State Department's Assistant Secretary in the Bureau of Legislative Affairs, wrote to Grassley, DS has issued 23 violations and seven infractions incidents. This number will likely change as the review progresses. In other words, it's going to go up. State Department calling the matter serious said it expected to conclude the investigation by September 1. The department acknowledged the probe was unusually time-consuming given the volume of the emails provided to the department from former Secretary Clinton's private email server. In other words, she used it so much. The department's process has been necessarily more complicated and complex, requiring a significant dedication of time and resources. Ah, that's Hillary running around, squawking about the Russia collusion and how she would have won. Lou, Milford, Connecticut, Sirius Satellite, how are you, sir? Those are designer prison clothes she wears, you know. Well, pretty rough. <laughs> um, very quickly, the only time the great one ever got testy with me on the phone was just about a decade ago, and it was over Rubio. <laughs> uh, just reaching back in history. Well, you're the you Nostradamus know. of our time, my friend. <laughs> he, he should kiss the ground you walk on, because there's no doubt in my mind you're responsible for his re-election. And he waffles like Joe Biden now. You know, let's just be honest. The Tea Party nominated him. Uh, He ran as a Tea Party candidate on the conservative right, and I did endorse him. Uh, And uh, look, depending on who he would run again this time, it would depend. If it's another radical kook like the guy that ran against DeSantis. But I will say this about Florida. They have the best governor. And I would argue Kentucky has one of the great governors, too. Texas has one of the great governors. There may be one or two others out there. DeSantis is unbelievable. The things he's doing for the people of Florida, the things he's doing for liberty in Florida, absolutely unbelievable. I'm so excited that uh, that we've come to know them and that I endorsed him. Anyway, go ahead, Lou. You know, what he did, and this goes to the point that I called about, but what he did refusing to allow sanctuary cities within Florida is huge. It, mm-hmm. it, it may may impact the election, which is what I called about. I think you're absolutely correct. We don't need to get twisted about the polls with Donald Trump. But moreover, your point is also correct that the uh, campaign should not get complacent. 
because, you know, there's all this social media love. He draws enormous people at rallies. But my concern is voter integrity. And I believe in Connecticut we lost the governorship to uh, young millennials and college students who voted twice, who, who vote last day or same day registration. Now, how do you know they did? Well, they voted same day uh, registration. I know, but you don't know if they voted twice. No, I don't. But it's no offense. I know, but when you come on here and say that, then I have all these morons monitoring the program. You understand that? I understand, but anecdotally, I've heard from people that they do. I've also know someone. So this is only secondhand. Where the New Haven mayor said that she acknowledged that illegals vote in the polls in New Haven, or at least in three that they were aware of, this, this one person. Look, but, if, if your argument, Lou, is that the, the voting mechanism now is corrupt, you're right. I don't know how many people voted that one way or another, neither does anybody else. But what I look at is not Connecticut, well, you may, I look at California, where we had the lead in like five congressional races, and as time goes on, they chip away, they chip away, they chip away, they harvest these votes, as they call them, because of the loose standards they have, uh, and we lose. Well, the ultimate goal for them is the Electoral College. Now, the president won the election by three states, 70,000 votes between the three states. So the margin of error is small. So that's where I, why I maintain that they can't get complacent, and you're correct about that. And we need to fight like hell, because we had to fight like hell to win the first time around. So you're right. But the idea that he's so far behind that it's, it is really an attempt, to, as I say, to dispirit his supporters or people who might vote for him. And people shouldn't be dispirited. They should be as, uh, as motivated and vigorous as ever. All right, Lou. Appreciate it, buddy. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Okay. Okie dokie. Do you ever feel sometimes, Mr. Producer, that you exist to serve other people? But other people don't exist to serve you. Have you ever felt that way? If you've been paying attention to the news, you know that progressive tech giants like Google and Facebook are trying to silence conservative voices. Now, we recently had my buddy Steve Crowder on the program. He joined our program, and he described to us how YouTube removed his ability to monetize his popular conservative channel. And um, unfortunately, this is the first time this has happened, and in fact, it's getting worse every day. Now, you don't have this problem on Levin TV. Why? Because we're not dependent on these tech giants for anything. Zero. We're self-sufficient. That's why, with your support, we will continue to bring you independent, patriotic, uncensored programming that you cannot find anywhere else. And for a limited time, this is very important. You can get $30 off an already amazingly affordable annual subscription. Just go to get.blazetv.com. I, I want to talk to the marketing firm that's behind this. 
Could you make the address more complicated? Let's slow down again. Get dot blaze tv dot com slash levin get we could do a song here get dot blaze tv dot com slash levin get dot blaze tv dot com slash levin right now to sign up and use code free speech now free speech is one word just to make it even more complicated but i hope you'll give it a try Free speech, type it as one word. That's get.blazetv.com slash Levin. Use code free speech. There, I said it. But seriously, I want you to get the 30 bucks off. It's worth every penny. There's many, many shows, uh, with the marquee show being mine, Levin TV, and we, we work very hard at it, but we have a hell of a lot of fun. We have a great crew, a great staff. And I hope you will join us. Tom, Berlin, Connecticut on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? Mark, it's a pleasure. I, I've Thank learned you. so much from you over the years. I want to tell you, um, I got your book, and it's a masterpiece. And after I, I read it, I did a 180. I, I thought it was more important that the, I thought it was important the book be, be written because you want to inform the electorate. And after I read the book, I realized that's important, but it's also more important that you have the politicians and also these bureaucrats, you know, lights shined on what they're doing. So they don't, uh, you know, do these things like you, you brought up in your book and uh, they just get away with it. Mm-hmm. And I brought your book into the high school and I read the back cover to the students. And I recommend they go out. Wait a minute, it. you're the teacher? I'm a substitute teacher. Yeah, I teach um, between jobs now. So I've been substitute teaching in the high school. And okay. I, I, I bring books into the high school and, and you know, I want to get the kids excited about history and about our country and you know, and and it's 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 just wonderful. And I want I got a copy of the book. I got six copies. I got a copy for my adult kids. I got a copy for my mother. Holy man! And I I went to the local public library. I donated a copy there. I went to our the high school library, and I want to challenge all of the nights out there to go out and get this book into every private and public high school in this country, and and let these young people read this book and and learn about learn about you know the press and about you know, where things stand today. And, 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 uh, okay, by, you, and you're you, very, very kind, Tom. And the idea that anyone would say, oh, this is a right-wing screed. I understand the left. I understand they're out of control. They're, they're insane. But it's none of that. It, it, it is a book that lays it out. Yeah, and, I feel it does anyway. And the thing I want to just tell you quickly, I don't, I don't want to take all your time, but is, it, it's amazing when you wrote this book is there's so many facts and information in this book but it's just so readable. It's like, like a novel. And even though it has a lot of facts, which I, I really enjoy, it's not boring. It's just so interesting. You know and, what? I um, should talk I, to you more often. But here's the thing, in, Tom. I just got Levin TV, and um, I'm enjoying <laughs> that. And um, I, I wish I could do more for you because you, you, you've helped You don't so need much. to do anything for me. I, I, I want to thank you. And I want people to understand when I sat down to write this book, I knew there was a lot of information I wanted to convey. But I also decided, and it makes it doubly hard, I wanted the book to read like Liberty and Tyranny. And so people who have Liberty and Tyranny and have this book understand exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you who have Liberty and Tyranny, you don't have unfreedom of the press, you get a sense for what I'm talking about. I wanted it to be very readable. I wanted it to flow, and yet I wanted each chapter to stand on its own. It's not easy to do, and yet I did it with this book, Unfreedom of the Press. And, Tom, I want to thank you, and I'll tell you what. 
You're between jobs. You're a substitute teacher, and yet you keep buying my books and you buy Levin TV. I'm going to give you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press and a one-year subscription for yourself, or you can gift it to somebody, of Levin TV, both. So don't hang up, and thank you very, very much. What a nice man. Jim, West Palm Beach, Florida, the great WJNO, our buddy Brian Mudd's station. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Mark, it's an honor to speak to you. My wife, Diane, and I speak. Uh, we, we listened to your show the last three years. You've really opened our eyes. Thank you. And I just want your your listeners and readers to see what we saw last night, a rerun of the uh, interview that you did at the Reagan Library recently. And uh, you just can't do it any better. And uh, all I can say is thank you for opening America's eyes. I think you're moving a lot of people's souls to see what's going on. Thank you. And thank you, Tom. I really, really appreciate it. Tom. I don't mean Tom. Jim. Uh, Jim. <laughs> thank you, Jim. I appreciate it, buddy. And by the way, WJNO is my second home. Are you aware of that? Uh, no, but uh, it, it's very near and dear to us. And I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press as well. And I appreciate it. So don't hang up. And I have to sign more copies, don't I, Mr. Producer? We're running out of signed copies. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and all law enforcement. Thank you very much. Go to Amazon.com right now. If you have a graduate you want to give the book to or you want a great book to read through the summer, if you're traveling or on vacation, now's the time. Amazon.com, it's there, 40% off. Thank you all, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.